Life is a canvas. Listen as Dr. Allison R. Tendler and her guests paint the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and business leaders on her podcast, The Art of Seeing Clearly. Through insightful questions and thought-provoking conversation, Allison and her guests explore the essence of what it means to truly experience life, business, entrepreneurship, love, success, and even failure through a clearer lens. I'm your host, Dr. Allison R. Tendler, board-certified ophthalmologist, surgeon, owner, and CEO of Art Vision and Artisan Skin and Laser Center. I literally get to work every day to help people see better on the 2020 eye chart. But true clarity in life and in business often requires a slightly different kind of vision. I happen to have a passion for learning how other entrepreneurs and leaders find their clarity, and I want to share with you some of their secrets to success. Jordan is a second-generation McDonald's franchisee. He began working in a McDonald's restaurant when he was 12 years old. Since that time, Jordan has held basically every position within the restaurant, from crew person to multi-site supervisor. In total, he's been with the company for 16 years. Taking a seven-year hiatus from McDonald's to attend college, Jordan gained a little work experience outside of the Golden Arches. He returned in 2007 to start his full-on career with McDonald's and loved every bit of his return. In 2017, he became an approved owner-operator. As a McDonald's owner, his duties include just about everything. Nothing is too small or too big, from jumping in a position to help a breakfast or lunch rush to cleaning off tables or picking up the parking lot. He ensures his team has a great workplace and fun environment. On a larger scale, Jordan also works with other owner-operators around the country to plan strategies to keep business moving forward as a system. It is important to him to be a strong part of the community and to give back in times of need and support organizations that need help in their cause. Jordan is also grounded in family, his wife Ashley and two daughters Nora and Ava. In their spare time, they vacation and are involved with youth sporting activities and playing family games. Jordan says his quote-unquote one weird quirk is playing foosball competitively and attending a few pro-circuit events every year. His favorite part of working for McDonald's is being able to help develop other people's futures. Whether they stay for a long-term career or just need a side gig job, everyone has a plan of what they want for their future. Jordan appreciates an opportunity to help the people he works with to navigate their journey in one way or another. Jordan, welcome to the art of seeing clearly. So, yeah, again, thanks for joining me. Just tell us a little bit about you, Jordan. Well, professionally, I'm a owner operator at McDonald's here in Sioux Falls, 18 locations. We're in Sioux Falls, Northwest Iowa, and Southwest Minnesota. So, right in this little corridor, I'm married with two daughters, 14 and 12 year olds. So, one's learning how to drive and scare us. Um, ah, you, did you let her out today? It's great practice out no, there. No, she, she was out with her boyfriend today, who also just got his license, but he's he can drive independent now. And so it's like the only the third time. But it's scary. You're owning a business or having a 14-year-old learn to drive. 14-year-old learning to drive. <laughs> oh. And so we've been in Sioux Falls since 2020. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. I, I come from... Northeast of South Dakota, so at SD, uh, grew up in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Okay, yeah, graduated from Central High School. Excellent. Yes. Do you still have family up there? I do not. Okay. Okay. So 
Yeah, my father lives here in Sioux Falls as well. As well. Yep, Perfect. he moved here last year when we centralized. He, he took about a year. And we'll get into this too, but he's a big part of the business that you two own together. Yeah, correct? he is. Okay. He, he calls it, he's in practice retirement right now. He's practicing how to be retired. That's what he, that's Excellent. his word, which is great. He deserves it, you know, so, but yeah, he he's a big part of you know, he, he's my biggest consultant probably at this point, you know, and, and still is there to lean in on, on business acumen. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hear it if there's something he sees on the numbers that needs to be addressed. And How long was he in business prior to you joining? He's been in McDonald's for 50 years. Yes. Yeah. Last year was 50 years for him. Okay. So this would be 51 in July. Not always as an owner though. No, as an owner, it's been 26 years. Okay. As an owner. So. Yeah. And your journey has been about six and a half, seven years? I've been an owner for seven years. Okay. Yeah. This was, July will be my seven years. Oh, I can't wait to get, get into this story a little bit more. But growing up in Aberdeen as a as a young boy, what, what was your aspiration? You're like, this is what I'm going to do with my life. Oh, man. You know, well, I've been in McDonald's for a long time. I don't necessarily think when I was in high school, I was career McDonald's orientated. And your dad was working there at the time as well. He was. Okay. Yep. He was, he bought That's how you got like finangled into working there in the first That's place. how I got finangled in. Yeah. And I liked to earn money, you know, so I was always doing odds and ends things around where we lived, snow removal, lawn care, Good whatever. Way to make money. That's right. <laughs> we like to we like to spend. So if you like to spend, you better like to make, right? No. Did you know that from an early age as well that you like to spend money? No, at- I, I I like to be able to yeah have my own money. You know, I think it was even your dad was like, well, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and our daughters are kind of the same way. They're always looking to find. They have entrepreneurial spirits. I'll say that. That's for sure. So that's good. It's that's fun to cultivate. But yeah, you know, I I wasn't quite sure when I. When I went to college, I majored in sociology and criminal justice. And so my path was kind of headed towards some type of law enforcement or parole, probation. And then then it just didn't pan out that way. But I always think that like even just the learnings and because you you go through all this psychology, 100 to 300 level courses, sociology, same thing that you know business is about people and you learn so much about people in in the, what I did I did in in college that you know it's like everything kind of happens for a reason so I've taken all, been able to take a lot of what I learned and in college and internships and stuff to really apply to the organization mm-hmm. so yes whether you are employed you are the employer no matter what you're doing you're always working with people yes and trying to figure out who are they in this moment and how can we either serve them or get them what they need through what we're trying to offer. 100%. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you went to college, finished yep. finished that up. And where'd you go to school at? Uh, University of Northern Colorado. So you went to Northern Colorado. Yep. But you didn't jump right back on the McDonald's bandwagon. I didn't. What happened for after college? Yeah. So or was it during? Uh, it was actually kind of right on the like uh, junior, senior year. So I, in college during the summers, freshman and sophomore year, I came back and I was working at the restaurant, one of the stores during the summer. And then junior year, I stayed back and I needed some, you know, find a summer job. And I got into working at a doggy daycare in Morty facility that was in Aurora, Colorado. And yes, I did that my junior and senior year and just stayed and then would come back, you know, would work there during the weekends and, 
was just a regular staff member there. And yeah, that. so what ended up happening is I was looking at going to a parole academy. So it's like police academy, but okay. for, for parole, parole officers. And from when I graduated college until when the academy started, there was about a six month time frame. So I stayed working at the doggy daycare and boarding and I just fell in love with it, you know, too. You just dog, tour with dogs is like one of the best experiences ever. It's just so happy. They're always so happy, right? No matter, no matter what, they're just great dogs. And then you have to deal with their owners, but that's you have to deal with their owners. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And so I got an offer before the academy started to GM the facilities. And, and obviously they, well, she offered a good amount of money, you know, to, to stay with her. And so it's like, yeah, hard to turn this down. So I ended up just staying and we worked into, they didn't have grooming services. And so we kind of surveyed our clientele. Would you take advantage if we had grooming? We did baths and brush outs, but not, not the big grooming, you know, full service grooming and, and had a huge response, you know, that would be interested in taking us up on services if we did this. And so we started, we did a small little build out, like took a closet and just kind of expanded it a little bit, put a, put a bathing unit in there, air blower, and then hired one groomer and she'd just do the weekends. That was, that was our busiest time, you know, Sundays, everyone would be departing. So her, her busy days were Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then that like kind of continued to blossom to where we had three groomers in there, then continue to build out, bought within a year and a half had, then we bought a grooming shop and had six groomers there working, you know, seven days a week. So and it become so, more about grooming than doggy it, daycare? It kind of did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was working with dogs, right. And in, in any capacity. And, and it, it was really fun and we ended up, I, I was 22 and I just wanted to continue, you know, you, you have all this kind of growth and you see kind of the upsides of, of growing a business and that the owner of the boarding and daycare. So we kind of went 50, 50 on the whole deal. And I was the operations and she was helping financially. And I had this plan, obviously, you know, as a young, trying to take the world over a young kid and of continuing growing and building our doing like a, where you can teach groomers or grooming schools, right? And then, but she wanted to stop at that and she had other businesses she was ventured into. And so that was like kind of halted right there. And and that was when I really kind of got like my business sense. I think it was. So is that where you really got like, I'm actually good at I think I could be good at this. Yeah, I think it like, it just a lot of, I knew I was interested. I don't know yeah. if I was like really good, but I would work hard, you know, and and it was fun to watch I, business grow. I love that statement right there. I don't know if I was really good, but I worked hard. And it, I'm going to take that and think of how many entrepreneurs and business startups, it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know if I'm good. I don't know if, but golly. I work hard. And I think just that statement alone is what brings someone like you and probably so many others out there success. You got, yeah, you know, you learn as you go. I, I think everyone just, cause everything's a little bit different. You, you experience a lot of different things, but you, you gotta, you know, 
you just learn. Yeah, I'm learning every day. Even even now, I don't know if I'm the best, but I'll work hard. I'll be the hardest worker, you know, to to ensure we're trying to do the best and be the best. And in business, it as you know, it it can fluctuate, and different opportunities can turn into success, and then it opens up more opportunities. So you're always in this on this level of growing and and having your wins and your opportunities or you know, sometimes fails and yeah. you just st- stay the course yeah. and continue to pursue your passion. Did you, now that's, that was a couple years. You were there for seven years with the doggy daycare. Uh, yeah. Ish. Yeah. About seven. Okay. I'd say. So you decided eventually this wasn't for you. What made you decide to get out? So that was when we, when the own my business partner and the owner of the boarding and daycare decided that she wasn't going to pursue anymore. Okay. And so certainly. So growth was done. Yeah. For her on her. For her. And I needed her on the financial side. Okay. I wanted to really take this to the next level. Okay. And so that was where I kind of was like, okay, so either, you know, this stalls for a certain amount of years until banks are paid off and my portion's paid off and I can buy her out or. I can head back and work for the family, you know? And so then that's kind of how I really looked at it. It was like, you know, we have a, a good thing going up here in the Dakotas and, and, and it was partly also being back with my father, mm-hmm. you know? And so that always drove me a little bit to mm-hmm. be back. And was there an opportunity at that time that like, Hey son, here's this opportunity. Think yeah. about it. He always let me make that decision and he definitely, when I brought it up to him, you know, he, he, he didn't turn me down. Mm-hmm. He certainly said, you know, like one of his things was to work outside the business. Mm-hmm. And, and that was partly why I wasn't coming back in the summers at college is he's like, find something out there, mm-hmm. get into something else. Because at that time, live really, somewhere else, be somewhere else, yeah, do something else. Something yeah. else. <laughs> so I don't always maybe think that there's. And, you know, I can. What if I would have left? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So when I called him and and told him, you know, where, what I was thinking and we had discussion about it, he, he was very supportive. You know, certainly he, there was no, it wasn't, nothing was given. You know, I came back in as a, a swing manager. So just really running shifts at, and, and then had to wait for my opportunity as it opened up in the organization. It opened up. Yeah. Hmm. Now, what'd you learn about partnerships in your Colorado experience? Oh, they're, I mean, good. They have, they have their uh, pros and cons, you know, certainly for me, I would have never been able to start it without someone financially backing and, mm-hmm. and believing in, in what we were trying to do. And by doing that, you actually got to realize that this was part of who you're, who you really were and wanted to be. Yeah. So that was a great opportunity. Yeah. And learned a lot from her and, you know, and, and just... It's fun to have others that are in in it with you and mm-hmm. and fighting the good fight and trying to do the same, accomplish the same things. Mm-hmm. And you know, and but also when you're dealing with other personalities and partners, you know, you like just like what we had where she was done and and I wanted to keep going. You and you weren't in a position where you could really buy her out yet. Couldn't buy her out at that time. No, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Oh, very, very interesting. So we've been talking a little bit about your dad and family has um, really been a big part of your story. So tell us more about the, I mean, the connection to family as relation relation to your business. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, is your 14 year old now working at McDonald's as well? Not 
not at this moment, <laughs> not at this moment. And and just like my phone that has done, you know, I'll let her lead that path. Yeah, yeah. She she doesn't want to work in in food with kids or there's one other thing, but I'm like, okay, that's what 14's kid, 14 year olds. Okay, then you've that's, limited that's 99. options for you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So she's applied a few different places, but you know, it, family's been great. You know, I mean, it it's like you you go through different dynamics when you're working in a family business and my dad has done a great job about separating it so when we have our tufts within the business world it, it doesn't make it to the dinner room or the dinner table you know conversations and things and he's he's been phenomenal in that aspect and you know i think when when the brand has when you've been when it's been part of your life for so long mm-hmm. it just it becomes just part of you, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it makes it so like, I don't ever get up thinking, oh man, I don't want to tackle today. You know, it's just, it's just what we do yeah. or, you know, and so it, it, it can play its role. You know, I think it, sometimes though we do get, it, it does consume the dinner, dinner table conversation, you know, and everything we'll say, we're not talking business tonight or. So hey. tell me about that as a yeah. child growing up. What'd you guys sit and talk about around the dining room table? Yeah, I think probably most of what other families talk about, you know, what's going on in your lives and in sports. With- Speaking of sports, I don't think, you know, foosball was a sport, a sanctioned <laughs> sport in high school. So we'll get to that. So yeah. we'll get to oh, that. I like that plug right there. Very nice. <laughs> Wasn't sanctioned, but it should be, huh? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, I was curious as your dad had been in, in this business and has been for so long, yet at the time you were, you had started, he wasn't necessarily a business owner yet. And so I was just kind of curious having that environment you also get to learn about you know him and life and the world through his experiences and i was just wondering how much of that kind of made it quote unquote to the dinner table where you got to even though you might not have known it gotten that advantage oh yeah yeah there there was plenty of sessions where he would you know share his knowledge and his experience and i even remember just as kids being in his office you know mm-hmm. just playing around with things and mm-hmm. and he'd be in a meeting and you know i think he sprinkled that in mm-hmm. now i can't remember you know a lot of what was said but i'm sure so consciously it was yeah. going in and yeah and he's you know one of the best passions that we we really align ourselves with this is the people part you mm-hmm. know and and just doing the right thing he's he's always taught that you just you always do the right thing for your people and and that's just one of the mottos that we've always kind of carried and will always continue to carry, you know, right back. Just like- What's something that you saw as as a child of him living that out that then continues for your guys' philosophy today? You know, it's interesting. Whenever we're out somewhere and someone recognizes him from Watertown or Brookings that worked with him, even when he was a supervisor, always say how awesome he was. Oh, and I'm like, gosh, that... What a cool legacy, you know, at the end of the day to be that leader or that, you know, he was the boss, right? And sometimes you don't get that as the boss, you have to make tough decisions. And those decisions sometimes aren't great and aren't fun and can give you, paint you in a, in a bad light. And and I can't, I mean, there's countless amount of times where people have come up and said, yeah, your dad, it was always great to work with or 
you know, X, Y, Z on just a good, just a good leader. And so I've always kind of wanted to emulate that same thing, you know, and again, going back to making the right, right calls and, and the right choices. What's an example of how you do that today? Well, we, there's a lot of ways. <laughs> I, I think one thing is listening to your, yeah. to your people, you know, having, having an open door framework and, and we do listening surveys with our teams twice a year to just ensure we're doing the right things. A lot of times I think we think we're doing the right things, but unless your people are telling you, unless you're really aligning with what your people are telling you, then you don't know if you are, you know, and you may may set out to do something really good. Maybe it's like a really good 401k or PTO policy. And at the end of the day, they want pet insurance, you know, so whatever it may be. And so I think it's important to listen, you know, be there and, and with both ears open and listening to really what are you, are you there for their needs and their, and their wants? And are you aligned that way? With so many locations that you have spread across three states, do you take all of those as individual locations on how you do your listening surveys or do you kind of compile them? Most people really kind of want the same thing. Yeah, it's both. Okay. So yeah, each each location gets its independent survey and then we, we tally the overall results of that. And, and that may be more, I think as it goes with individual, it's about the leadership team. Do we have the right people in place? Are they putting people, their people first, their customers first. A lot of that gets extrapolated out through the surveys because they're anonymous. And sometimes, you know, that gives you a little more information than, or gives you the enough information to make decisions. But then I think as it comes to you know, wage and benefits and things like that, that's where it's an organizational decision. And, and we have legally, you know, I mean, you have to be consistent. So, so we, we bubble all of that up to organizational level, but, but certainly there are certain impacts on one single survey at a store that may be completely different and, and just taking that information and building action plans to correct it. If there's anything that comes out that needs to be addressed. So you came back, you started working as a shift manager at one of the locations. Your dad, by this time, had already had, had some ownership in the franchises. And I know it's not necessarily, quote unquote, easy to become a franchisee. You guys have taken this from four stores once you joined up. And in the last how many years now, already have 18. That's a pretty big, that's a pretty big growth. And I'm sure that comes with some, some fun things, but also some challenges. Tell me about some of those challenges as you expanded so quickly. Oh. Oh, I'd say work-life balance. You know, my lovely wife, Ashley, she she was there to, you know, support a lot of that at home needs while I was out in the field, really, because it is. It, it's the transition period is 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 tough. You know, culture, trying to spread the culture of your primary kind of stores, you know, into a greater organization. And it just takes time, but it takes a lot of face-to-face, a lot of being in the market and and being with the people, meetings, and, and just being there in the day-to-day operations with them. And so I think part of that is, you know, some of the opportunity for us coming up was just making sure that our family was still good, our girls were still good. And that's what makes, you know, having a partner in life, mm-hmm. she's done awesome with that. You know, she, she probably reins me in more 
as much as she can, right? Because I just want to, I'm, I'm like so focused in on the business and she'll, she does a great job at saying, Hey, okay, you're not going anywhere this week. You know, we're saying with the family, you've been out for this, this much time. So she, she does an awesome job at that. So with that, I mean, she's looking out for your well-being as well. How do you look out for your well-being? What do you do to try to have, I, you know, sometimes I don't really like the word balance, but how do you help you be your best self? Yeah, I, I try to balance it as, as much as I can, you know, whether it be work, family, and then extracurriculars, you know, hanging with the boys or going out doing foosball uh, and let's just stop right there okay. let's talk about foosball okay <laughs> we need to get that at some point the table right now we're going to come back to the other one but you've got this extracurricular activity of foosball tell us a little yeah. about that so it's a unique one yeah the we call it like to call it also table soccer okay. kind of like the- yes it's like <laughs> soccer i agree yeah, it, is. it is so i got i was i played a lot of foosball in high school okay. in aberdeen you know there's not a lot there did was- someone own the table or did you have to put quarters in we put quarters in okay. like the local Ooh. ball yeah. okay and it was kind of the hot spot when i was a junior and senior so it was like there was a lot of big group i mean they had four tables to six tables wow. throughout those two years and and in high school, that's kind of where everyone met up. Was that down at the bowling alley, and and then we played foosball. And you like the kind of standard way was, you know, you got two guys or, or girls or mixed, you know, playing. And if you lost, they someone else rotated, and you played. You had to pay to play whoever won, and you just kept the table, and, you know, and so. We would do that, and I mean, it was again a couple of years worth of foosball. Well, then when we went, when I graduated and went to college, still played in like little local tournaments here and there, but definitely wasn't as. I truly did not know that there were tournaments for this, but yeah. why not? Like, yeah. there are for everything. Yes, there are, and and so then I got when I a couple years down the road, I just kind of stopped playing. Well, when we moved to Milford, Iowa, we we just in 2017 we bought five stores and moved to Iowa to transition them in. And my wife and I went to we just kind of go and checking out this the scene and we saw these two tables at this dive bar. I mean, and they were like perfect condition. And I'm like, what in the heck? You don't see that because normally there there's been beer spilled on them and they're just not in any good condition in a, in a bar typically. And these things were a little pristine. So I asked the gal, the bartender, I said, what's going on with these tables? She's like, there's a tournament here every Sunday night. So that Sunday night. You stayed. Yeah, I stayed. I I stayed and played and, and have been playing on the pro circuit. There's, there's about 20 tournaments a year and 12 that are deemed kind of like on the pro circuit. And you get points and okay. this and that. So. so where's your next tournament at? It's in Kentucky, Lexingville, Kentucky. When? It is February 1st. During the Ooh. So, so how, do you, how do you practice? I'm in a league. Okay. So I, I play on a league night. Like a dart league or something Yeah, like that. it's just like that. And and then there's a Friday night tournament at JJ's Billiards. Okay. I play there. So then, this is part of how you stay you because this is like an outlet. Yeah. You know, it's almost therapeutic. You know how people yeah. say like they when they're drunk or yes. 
playing their musicians and you know it's really interesting sometimes i'll get i'll put my earbuds in and i'll and i'll just practice stuff but the the whole time i'm thinking through like business planning or what's going on at home or you know it's so wild though but and so i think i'm drawn to one one i like playing it and it's a good it's a fun game but it is it is somewhat therapeutic for me to especially when i'm practicing to just kind of drown everything out and and it's just really weird i'll just get into like this kind of vibe of where i'm like thinking through business stuff or family stuff do you feel like you're in that vibe because like you're just so you don't necessarily have to think about what you're doing with foosball at that time is foosball more of a like i don't have to think i just have to react or like because you can't get into that that other zone while you're actively doing one thing but get into the zone of this your mind is being able to like problem solve and creatively think unless you're like I'm really good at this other thing, so I don't have to think about that too much. It's so interesting. Some people for the for some people it's meditation or yoga or you know working out or whatever it might be. Yes, painting, music. I do some of my best creative thinking when I'm yes, like when I'm exercising or I work because I have to think always about what I'm doing, and my mind just is able to do something else. So I I understand what you're saying. It's wild. I I it's like undiagnosed ADD. For me, <laughs> it feels like when I'm fidgeting and doing something, it allows my brain to concentrate on other stuff. <laughs> we'll see. Another question of how you take care of yourself. How do you grow, learn, become a better leader? How has that happened for you? You know, well, it's seminars, McDonald's, corporate. Okay. does a really good job at keeping us challenged and whether you're going out to see other operators like here at the end of february we're going to new york to Mm -hmm. check out the new york metro they've they've done really good out there with certain things and and so there's probably two to three trips a year where i'll go and with a group or independently and benchmark other operators are doing things that we see that are doing are awesome you know and there's that local seminars, meeting with local leaders or, you know, I mean, I think it's important. Sometimes it's as a group too. I think also when we go as a group, you learn for us anyway, we've learned a lot when we go to the, a seminar, say Forward Sioux Falls is putting on something and you listen to the great keynote speakers and and then we kind of bring that back to the office and have group discussion mm-hmm. and it's so interesting things that little particulars that people can pick up on that you're like oh wild so it's fun to bring the team into those and then and then have a little like debrief with them because each one of us it feels like we've kind of pulled a different perspective mm-hmm. and and then it then you're like whoa so you've even grown on top of what you learned kind of at that seminar, reading, watching, reading articles, watching things on the way of the world, you know, I mean, a lot of different ways to bring in the input. But I think you have to be intentional with how you're going to grow yourself, which ultimately helps grow your team and those, those coming around. So I was curious for you how that, how that was. So thank you for sharing that. What do you hope to teach your daughters through this? You know, what do you hope they get out of, of, your experiences yeah um that then become their own but sure you know it's i think it's working hard whether that means 
you know, putting in the groundwork, I think is important. We're always trying to teach them like, you know, it's, you got to put in the work nothing's just given to you. And sometimes I think they can get this little thing where like, there's an endless funnel of money when they want something, you know? So it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of tough sometimes, you know, but putting down like, Hey, if you don't have money to buy this, you're not going, or you can't go to the movie theater because you haven't done X, Y, Z. That's a, that's a difficult. What have you and your wife done? That's been helpful in that, in that way. Like here's, here's what we do to try to say no. Say no no is hard, especially for dad when they're batting their eyes, you know, and (laughs) pulling all the stops out. But saying no is, is, can be a difficult thing, but you know, I think it's demonstrating it through our values too, whether it be, you know, go to the soup kitchen and you know i think it's just showing there's un- less fortunate people mm-hmm. out there too and and it's in our values to see what we can do to help the community community is very important to us mm-hmm. and as a mcdonald's owner operator i mean again without the community we we're not here so mm-hmm. we give back and and the girls it's it's tough you know especially at these ages their perspective is is just not you know it's different Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's modeling the best that we can and and then just also not cave it in <laughs> when they Yes. When they're asking their asks. We recently had our daughter she wanted to go to the toy store so she could spend some for money. And I'm like, well, how much money are we, you know, are you spending? And she'd counted out how much she had. So she knew she couldn't spend over that. And at the counter, it was a little strange because she's like, she put her item up there and the, the, checkout person's looking at her, looking at me. I'm like, you need to get your money out. And she says all these little, these columns of quarters. So she knew how many she had and how much she, she could spend. And they're like, well, luckily there's no tax because she only had $8 <laughs> and it was seven ninety nine. And for some reason there was no tax. And so she made it right under the radar. So trying to teach them yeah. like there is real value and what are you, what are you valuing for what you want to spend your money on? Let me take you to giving back. I think that's a really, really important thing that I I want to discuss more with you. Your company, particularly in the culture of McDonald's, is a lot about giving back. Yeah. And how is it that you guys specifically follow your values and your hearts with heart to heart by giving back to the community? What are some of those methods? Yeah. Well, one thing we do with our general managers is we give them a certain amount of money each year on that they can donate on their behalf or sponsor something on on from their behalf so check comes from them but but it allows them to kind of really follow their passions and then also a certain amount of time to volunteer throughout their communities i mean we put a lot of faith in our gms they are the face of the store and the communities we have a lot of rural stores and so you know they're they're certainly the face of our brand there and and that allows them to, and, and a lot of them go above and beyond what we do, which is awesome. And we look for that too, but but certainly don't want it to, you know, if they're having a tight year, don't want them to have to not be able to give something out. And then as an organization, you know, partner up with 
we're always part of the Ronald McDonald House charities. They're our number one go-to, have, yeah. have been for many, many, many years. And, and it's because it's a close association with McDonald's, obviously. Absolutely. And they do just such great work in, in the community. So in particular. You have your red and white striped socks, I presume. Yes, I do. Many pairs, <laughs> mittens, socks, hats. I got, I got a pretty good collection by now. So yeah, always fun events as well, but what they do for families and children is just unbelievable. So they're really our um, staple go-to. And then, you know, I mean, we look for things that every year, you know, some we have kind of two or three year partnerships, but then as that okay. as that ends, we, we really kind of look into and just see where, you know, what what's out there, who's looking for donations and what are they doing for community, whether it be, you know, active generations or forward suit falls, you know, I think it's just a, it's one where we also want to take a look and, and not paint ourselves into a corner too, where we can't die, go to other fundraisers and things like that. So I think it's, we, we just examine what they're doing in the community or what they do for the families and, and then make that decision. Mm. I think that is, I mean, reading a little bit about your company and your dedication to community as well as to your employees. It is truly amazing. And so thank you for that work and for the great job that you and your your company and your dad do for all those that uh, work with you and not just for you, but with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, talent talent is, is tough to find and hiring is tough for a lot of businesses this day, mm-hmm. let alone fast food restaurants. How do you deal with that? And what makes your restaurants a great place to work? Yeah. Well, and and I'll start with, we we battle a stigma. You know, there's no question about it. The yeah. What is the bunt of every joke when it comes to where, you know, where, where you're working? And that it's like McDonald's is like, comes, you know, it's like that punchline. And it's so far from the truth. In fact, we did a campaign a while ago called make job and in the dictionary they even have it defined a make job it's like a low paying go nowhere career and i'm like that is so far from the truth even if one person was to expel that it shouldn't be a definition and so we went on this crusade to get that removed from the dictionary and we started a change.org and because it's like this is false you know there's i have so many cases of individuals that i've worked with now and in the past that have done amazing things either they're still with us or they've moved on to other things and they were promoted and they made a a competitive wage while they were with us so i'm like this is just should not be a definition in a dictionary um but it's it's still kind of ongoing and that didn't really gain too much traction. <laughs> Didn't want to, I, I started thinking, am I bringing more notice to this than what? And that's where kind of it stopped. I was like, I think I'm making more this more known. You're making more waves versus yeah. calming the waves. And, and if it just quiets down. So oh. we got to stop. But it was a fun campaign because one of the things we did was we interviewed a bunch of our employees and, and we said, is this definition true for you? And then we did it so candid. Like we didn't even, we didn't prep them. We didn't do anything. And except we filmed them so we could put it, we could kind of excerpt it out into a, into a video. But 
but it was amazing listening to them about their career journey. And some of them maybe started as a crew, just like my father, and have worked now their way up to a, a manager or department manager or a big leader in the organization. And, you know, the, I think sometimes they have to put it in perspective, like these guys are running multi-million dollar operations. And even when we, which is like, five, six times what I was doing when I was running the dog business, you know? And I'm like, and there I've, you know, felt awesome, but I'm like, these guys are running multi-million dollar operations and and they'd feel bad about what, you know, they should not feel bad about where they're, cause it's McDonald's. And so it was really awesome listening to that, to their experience and how proud they were of where they got and, and what McDonald's was there to, to offer for them. You know, and so we we the best way to come at that stigma is to just have a good culture. And and once they get in the doors, they realize it's it's how how great it can be. Culture within your organization different, I presume, than other cultures within other McDonald's franchisee organizations. Yeah, I think it is. And I yeah. think even store every store even has yes. its own culture subculture yeah. yeah it's own subculture and and that's something that you know again through we have to ensure that that there's a good culture there growth opportunity you know a balance for them as well and stuff that we very in tune to in the in the listening surveys that they're not feeling overworked or underpaid and and then making like you said intentional it's a lot of times we do those surveys you know years ago and and we just kind of say oh hmm well, I can't believe they would say that, you know, what the heck? And just go on about our way. And then pretty soon you have turnover and then you're scrambling to say, okay, what, what do we, now what are we going to do? You know? And so. What, can you tell me if you know, what is your turnover? We're very proud with our, our turnover numbers where we lead our business units. We're best, have probably the best retention percentages and in, in each of our business units were between one and two. So that's very proud. We can't get, you know, doesn't blind us because there's always opportunity, but we're at about 24% 90 day turnover. So that's, we're, we're happy with that. And, and, you know, we're this McDonald's and even this industry has a higher turnover. Yes. In general, as people grow and move on, we have a lot of college and and high school employees. And, And then we're at, I think the last one I looked at, we're at 82%, 82%, maybe less on annualized turnover, so yearly. So that seems, may seem high, very high. Yeah, and it's the industry. It, it's yeah. a different industry it's a than- different industry, right. So you have a lot, you know, about, I'd say 50 some percent, maybe higher are always, are kind of the part-time workers, you know? How have, things like, how have things like technology changed your industry? As far as employees, staff, those types of, and what's one of your favorite things that's come into play in the last year or two that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we did it without this. Oh man. Well, we have an app. It's called the Next app. Okay. And it essentially, it gives the employee their schedule, allows them to call off or schedule PTO. It allows them to change shifts through the app. If someone calls off a manager normally, so five years ago, even or less would, you know, go through the Rolodex of their employees and spend all day trying to find out, find their, you know, meantime, their floor might be suffering because they're not there leading the operations. 
So this app, someone calls off, you basically hit a button and it shoots out to all the available employees that are available and maybe, you know, aren't hitting overtime. It has all these like proxies that you can put in. And so it, it shoots out to everyone that would be available. And then it also, we put in little incentives on it too. So they'll pick up. So we have like an 80% pickup rate. So I think partly wow. why we have such a good retention for us is because they're not they're not working so shorthanded on on days. You know, it happens and you'll never get out of it in the food industry. Yeah. But but it's so easy. You know, we'd spend an hour trying to find coverage yeah. for now it happens in minutes and wow. it's all independent. Super. That's that yeah, is really, really that awesome. is really yeah. that's just fabulous. I can think of that where we've got systems more for patients cancel or they no show. It's like, how can we get the word out very, very quickly to all the rest of, you know, so not from an employee standpoint, but from an patient or client standpoint of trying to also fill gaps uh, so that we're, we're minimizing those. I know I've, I've had you here for a while. It's been so interesting to visit with you and, and I appreciate your willingness to come and share your outlook, but I've got to know, like, what's your favorite meal? Oh man! So I've been taste testing since I was, you know, what four or five months old. Yeah, I, I own it. I know you have this down. And I actually know what it is. I just want to. I do. It hasn't I just. Well, maybe it has changed. Who knows? In the last couple of years, but I want you to share it. Okay, so but you gotta have one. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do. And, again, and it's special I, method too. I've been like this is unique. It is, and you know, I I would be probably a connoisseur of McDonald's and being as much as I eat. So this is this is years and years of experience of eating everything on the menu in multiple different ways and variations. But so I'm the two cheeseburger meal. Yeah. So two separate cheeseburgers. It's a two. Yep. You get okay. two cheeseburgers, medium fry, and a drink. And I go only ketchup. Okay. And then and then I'll put. So fry. It's a special order. Yep. Special order. Well, everything. It seems like anymore. It's all special orders. You know. Like I don't know. If We're we used make... to that customization, darn Starbucks, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Customization. But but I'll get only ketchup, and then I'll put fries in it. And smash it down. It's kind of like a little smash burger I make, but and then and then hammer it down from there. So it's kind of a little combo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's a classic meal, you know, and that's why. That's, oh, I love it. That's good. And I was curious if you could have a McDonald's in any location or have a certain franchise. You're like, oh, that would be the cat daddy meow. Do you have any aspiration like that? Oh, if I could have that McDonald's, wouldn't that be oh, interesting? Do you have one that's like your favorite besides your own? No, you know, somewhere warm. I Nothing comes to mind in particular. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, as I look out the window here and see, you know, foot and a half of snow, I'd say somewhere warm. Mm-hmm. But I really love this area. I don't yeah. think I'd change it. I don't think even if I was offered, you know, somewhere in Miami, let's say, or, or something, I just, the people here are just unbelievable, whether it's out in the community or our own staff, mm-hmm. uh, that it, mm-hmm. it we're very blessed in this community. I almost feel like we have a, we have a little bubble up, you know, if you will. And the support we, we have from out in the community is just amazing. And so it would be tough to leave Sioux Falls in this area. Yeah. It'd be really tough. Oh, well, Jordan, <laughs> thank you so much for sharing Doctor. your story some of how you have navigated through life, become an entrepreneur, become a multi-business owner with over a thousand employees with your locations. 
And uh, I want to leave our listeners with one of the statements that you said was your goal is to be a leader with a legacy. And I think you and your dad and your company are, are doing that. And I'm so glad I got to spend some time with you, meet you, interact, and uh, listen to that story. So thank you, Jordan, for helping us see your view and how you see the world clearly. Thank you. Yeah. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.